Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Anything else that are guarding places and so on and so forth, particularly in the dark hours, when they are on guard and people are going and they want to identify who is going, who goes there, friend or foe? God help you if you don't answer right. So yeah, it's even better. They won't find your bones. They won't find his bones to be, to be, to be. They won't even find his bones. But we speak those things. As an illustration going into the word that we want to share this morning. In the dark hours, at the times that guards are supposed to be on the most alert. And on the most alert against foes, not friends. And for us this morning, you want to ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you a fool or are you a friend? Ask the one to your right and to your left, neighbor, are you a fool or are you a friend? And by the time we are gone through the world this morning, you will have answered that question whether you are a friend of God or you are a fool. It was glad, I was glad to come into a joyful church. Because God says, blessed are those that know the joyful sound. They shall what? They shall do what? They shall do what? They shall do... Uh, I'm quoting to you from Psalm 80, 85. They shall do what? Oh Lord. Okay, turn to it. Uh, you, you guys, what's wrong? Let's, let's not... They shall be what? They shall be still praising the Lord. There is a rest that comes from friends of God knowing to praise God. But I want to ask us today as we go into the word, I know the Holy Spirit is here and will open your hearts because this is crucial for me and for all of us. To be able to align ourselves and be in the place that God is calling us to be. The conversation between Moses and the living God in the darkest hour of this nation, Israel, or one of the darkest hours, is what I want to focus on as we look at Exodus chapter 33, I believe it is. Exodus chapter 33. And please can you give that to me from verse um, 11. Exodus 33, verse 11, and let's go to verse, through to verse 17. Exodus 33, 11. Yes. And the Lord spake unto Moses face yes. to face, yes. as a man speaketh unto his friend. Yes. And he turned again into the camp. Mm. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, mm. a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Mm. And Moses said unto the Lord, Yes. See, thou sayest unto me, mm. bring up these people. Mm. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Mm. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Mm. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Mm. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, mm. and I will give thee rest. Mm. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, 
carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Amen. We're going to take this scripture and dig down and break it down in the manner that each one of us will know exactly where we are, whether you are a fool or you are a friend. Something had just happened in Israel that caused severe judgment on the people. And here was Moses standing here and asking God questions that made me to also ask questions. Note in verse 11, two characters were standing there. There was Moses and there was who? There was Joshua. What happened to Aaron? We are going to come back to that. Something must have gone wrong with the combination of Aaron and Moses. That is, new substitute of Moses and Joshua had to come there. We'll come there later. But you'll find that Moses has a question that ought to prick your mind. Moses asked, who will you send with me? Can anybody hazard and tell me why would Moses ask such a question? Please, at least you've, um, you have read the script. You have read the scripture many times. Have you ever thought through why would Moses ask such a question? Yes, give it a try. Yes. God in there to do what? To push Joshua aside? Mm -mm. Can't be Joshua. To push Aaron aside is deeper than that, but you are on track. Clap for him. Look, something that you want to know, because every word you have been taught in this place, don't just read the scriptures as newspapers. Moses asked this question. You have not told me who you will send with me. Remember that in Exodus chapter 4, when God called this man, he had all kinds of excuses. I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. Of all the possibilities that could be that would give him confidence to take what would appear to be a dangerous change. The one that he thought was okay, after which he had no further excuse, was God to give him a man who was his relation. And the man who was his relation, that he thought would be a complement of his capabilities in delivering God's purpose, turned out to be a disaster. And I want to put before all of you that have a calling in the presence of the Lord. All of us who have purpose that has been determined and put in our hands, this is something as a stop for you to step back and think, who am I working with? Am I working with those that I've chosen that will compliment me because, or I'm working with those that God has given me 
because they will align with the purpose in my hand to fulfill those things. You will find very clearly here, Moses had come to the understanding of the failure that was spoken about in, Matthew, in, in, in Exodus 32, which we will come back to. That, mm-mm, it wasn't in the direction of Aaron. And God, where did Joshua come from? Who heard of Joshua before? It just surfaced. But Joshua had caught something that Aaron never was able to understand. Pray for men to surround you that catch what it is that God is working through you. Because then you will be able to deliver on purpose. The combination Moses-Aaron did not click. Never worked. Even though everything was thrown the way of Aaron. Everything was put the way of Aaron to be able to exercise and do all that God will have him do in furtherance of the commitment or the purpose that God had put in the hands of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 20. You will see here that God actually, it wasn't spoken in Exodus 33. But in Deuteronomy 9.20, can you tell me what it is? And the Lord was very angry with Aaron. The Lord was very angry with Aaron. To have destroyed him. And God I, said, I would have destroyed him. But for what? I prayed for Aaron. The replacement of Aaron was already fixed. But for one man's prayer. One man's intervention. One man's prayer. One man's intervention. To put him aside. Until the right time was come. But God was already working something. I speak to you. Because you are able ministers of the word of God. Being taught and being trained. To stand and take the word of God to the different areas where you may be. It may be in your office. It may be in your homes. It may be in your city. It may be across the nations. I've said it in private and I say it in the open. God is in a hurry. You better ask God and pray to God. I am done with choices that I think will work for me. Send me the men. Send me the men. Show me the men. Put them in my life that will align in the deliverance of the purpose that you have set for me in the course of this work. Praise the Lord. That's lesson number one. But let's go back to that verse 12 and begin to take apart the questions. And Moses said unto the Lord, Thou seest unto me, bring up those people. You have not let me know who you will send with me. Lesson number one to this man was that my confidence cannot be in man. My confidence cannot be in man. And I'll say a few surprising things here today. I was a little confused. What exactly, Lord, what would you have me say here? Because I had been going through a study of the songs of Solomon. And the songs of Solomon, ordinarily we will say, oh, it talks about sex and all those things. But I found that that is the basest of the interpretation that people can find there. That's why the song that you sang, oh, that I may love thee more and more. 
was actually the theme of the kind of relationship that ought between, to be between the Lord and the church and everyone that is a part of his church. That is an experience that God wants to take us beyond. That in human understanding can only be typed in the relationship between husband and wife. And how I long, I passion that I will be able to experience it in my relationship with God. That I can say, I love you more than my wife. I love you more than my children. Because until we get to that, we won't understand it. When I get to that, we'll do it. Because there are prophetic elements that are in the songs of Solomon. That the church has lost. We will get there. But I'm saying that because in the tie to these things that when God says to him, you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you said, I know thee by name. What did God know about Moses? That he said, I love thee by name. Because if we can't pick this and understand them, you won't understand why God came to the conclusion in verse 17. By the way, the translation in King James doesn't do it full justice. When you see the translation in New Living Translation, it says, that's why I called you friend. I called you friend. What does it take for a man to become a friend of God? For God to say, I know thee by name. And those are the things we want to trace this morning so that you, all of you, looking at me and listening to me, you will understand what your life has to be like for you to qualify as a friend of God. But if you are not a friend of God, you will be a foe of God. And I'll show you how you get there. I will show you how you get to be a foe of God so you can make your choice. And you will also see how to be a friend of God. Three things happened. Uh, he said, Take, uh, thou hast said to me, you have been telling me, take this trip to the promised land. You haven't told me who you will send with me. You said to me, I know thee by name. And I look favorably upon you. Verse, uh, let's still continue with verse, the KJV. We'll come back and read it again in New Living Translation. Thank you. You know me by name. You say, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Verse 13, please. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace, my question was, Lord, what do you know about Moses that's not open to us? What do you know about Moses that this man can say, you told me you know thee by name? And I found the answer, going back to Exodus, Exodus 32, that there were three fundamental things that will characterize the lives of a people that will eventually be called the friend of God. Three fundamental things, not very obvious, from those scriptures. But you will see that the ways and the patterns of God are never new. What God shows in the Old Testament, He vindicates in the New Testament, in the lives of the prophets, that each one of us will not be in trouble, we will not be, uh, we will not be lost. Yes, Exodus 32, please. Verse At, 7. But thank you, verse 7. Yes. And the Lord said unto Moses, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have yes. corrupted themselves. They have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Mm -hmm. They have made them a molten calf, yes. and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, yes. and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, yes. which has brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Mm. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen these people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them. 
and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why does thy wrath wax hot against thy people, mm-hmm. which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt, mm-hmm. with great power mm-hmm. and with a mighty hand? Mm-hmm. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to mm. slay them in the mountains, mm. and to consume them from the face of the earth? Jump straight to verse 32, so we can save a bit of time here. Verse 32, just give me verse 32. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, do what? Blot my name out of your book which thou hast written. This man got an offer. What offer did he get from God? Oh, talk to me. We just read it. What offer did he get from God? I will make you, I will make out of you a great nation. God was saying, I'm going to promote you to the same covenant that I had with Abraham. What greater glory could a man possess? Could a man desire or desire? And this man said, No. I don't want it. You had a purpose and a cause that you set for us to follow. There is something you have spoken from the beginning concerning your covenant that you made with our forefathers. You can't change your mind on my account. It wasn't about me. Every self-seeking person can be a friend of God. No self-seeking person, no self-satisfying person, no man who is seeking his own glory will ever be a friend of God. And you want to look at that in different dimensions of your life. Whether you are men-pleasers, and when the scripture speaks about men-pleasers, aren't you a man? When he's speaking about men pleasers, he's also speaking about you pleasing yourself. I didn't come to please myself. I came to please my father. That's what Jesus Christ said. No self-seeking, self-pleasing, self-glory-seeking person can ever be a friend of God. And the pattern that you saw here in the life of Moses was the same thing that you saw in the life of Jesus as you spoke in the Gospels that I did not come here to please myself. I came to do the will of my Father. And you saw it in the lives also of all the apostles as they confessed. It's not sufficient. It is necessary that you are not self-seeking. But for completeness and sufficiency, in mathematics when we are trying to prove a point, and I said this is a, it's a necessary condition, but not sufficient. For the thing to be complete, it has to be necessary and sufficient. The sufficient part that completes what is being said here was that this man was ready to do what? It should be obvious to you now. He was ready to lay down his life that Israel may live. Who of you is ready to lay down your life, even for an erring brother? Who of us is willing to do what? Lay down his of our life even for an erring brother. Are you self-seeking? Ever promoting yourself and yourself is all that is most crucial and most important. Are you willing and are able to take it 
I said, despite all that you have done, despite all the hurt that you have caused me, you can still ride my back. I had to deal with him. Deal, I had to have God, God's word deal with me. And this was it. What was what broke it in terms of what I was going to share. And they sent me a note on something that had caused me a lot of pain. Almost destabilizing my home. And it made me a request. My mind was set that this thing was not going to be done. But as I got home that afternoon, and I was just reading through my scriptures, because this thing that I'm speaking to, God has been speaking to me on this one since last year. I went back again, 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 again. And he then reminded me, I told you this before. I prepared you for this. If you fail on this thing, then you don't know my word. So you got your answer to your request. It will be done. He knows what I'm talking about. I am asking you, are you a friend or are you a fool? When it comes to the living God, to purpose that has been committed to us, to what God wants to achieve in your life and my life, are you a friend or are you a fool? And the third thing that characterizes the man who is a friend of God is what actually you saw going on here between Moses and the living God. Moses was a man of prayer because all this conversation that was going on, was it in the open? No. Israel had no clue. Until Moses came out to say to them, you are dead. But Moses had finished the battle where? In the presence of God. A man that will be a a friend of God is a man who is not looking to self, to promote self. Is a man who will go beyond that to laying down his or her own life for his own brethren, even when they are erring. And thirdly, he will be a person of what? A person of prayer. Ask yourselves now, where do you fit in here? Too many of us are living lives of pleasure that will condemn us. Sleaze. You know what is sleaze? And you know yourselves. How do you spend your time? Particularly when it comes to that aspect of prayer. You've heard it said. It has been taught here that prayer is work. You have so much time available to you. That it's easier to sleep. Easier to just do things which are useless. Than to find occasion to exercise yourself in the things that give you power. I didn't come here to criticize and, and, and fight today. I just... To share with you the heart of God. Because there are consequences to the things that have been said. Yeah, please go back to those scriptures. Let's go back there. Because 
When God said, you said you know me. What did God know about Moses? God had seen that Moses was not one who was pursuing his own glory. There was something else that was there in the conversation that was going on when Moses was pleading for Israel. It's as if God was now ready to throw away his integrity. Now let me kill them. It was Moses who began to say, Ah, don't do it. Your name is already great. The nations already know you that you are a God who is mighty. Why do you want to change that? Do I live my life to protect God's integrity? To bring him pleasure? You should ask yourself that question. Moses did not seek himself. Rather, he was seeking to protect the honor and the praise and the glory and the excellence and the power, the awesomeness of the eternal God. Every day that I live, every moment that you live, every decision that you take, every step of your life that you live day by day, to what end is it? God himself had to step back. There is one that cares not only for his brethren, but that cares also for what? Cares for my name. If your passion and your desire doesn't take you to the point where your life not only is expressed towards your brethren, but much more towards the living God that, look, I am not my own. I want to give you pleasure. I want to protect everything that I do. Must protect your integrity. Must speak your praise. Then you are not a friend of God. Then I am not a friend of God. And you will decide. This word will judge you, not me. Because as I speak, the Spirit of God Himself is checking you. And you are able to say for yourself, Am I in the path? Or I'm not. Every self pleaser has his path carved out. Everyone that does not work to see the honor and the glory of God promoted has his path cut out. Every man that has no place of intercession for the deliverance of those who are fallen has his path cut out. And these are the things we want to challenge ourselves with. Because there are benefits that come to it. Please let's go back. Let's go back to where we are in Exodus 33, please. Because, yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Yes, next verse, please. Verse yes. 13. Yes. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight. If I found grace in your sight. Show me now thy way. Yes. That I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight. Yes. And, and I consider. said that I might know thee. In, in the New and Living Translation, quickly flash that portion and see the way he puts if it. If it is true that you look favorably on me, I want to know more. I don't want to know your ways. Let me I want know to your understand way. you more fully. There is a passion, a hunger to know God. Is, that, is there a passion in your heart for God? Is there a desire in your heart for more of Him? You sing the song, I want more of you, I want more of you, I want more of you. How is this showing in your daily living? There is a change that God is calling for. 
and a change that these people were going to go through here. A change that Moses himself recognized. And he saw his inadequacy. And he cried to God. I will accept you are going with me. I'm not going anywhere. There's no place for self-seeking, self-confidence here. Rather, a return to total and absolute dependence from God. Let me know your ways. That I may understand you more fully. And continue to enjoy your favor. But remember, it's not about me. Your people. They are your people. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Wednesday for the concluding part of today's sermon. For more information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.